This is Shonda Smith-Baker, and I am so pleased to bring a conversation to you with Latunji Abram. Latunji and I go way, way back, and I tell you, I am so proud of this sister and what she is doing, the evolution that she has had in her life and her becoming an entrepreneur, starting a business, and doing great things in our community. You're listening to Conversations with Shonda a Minneapolis Foundation podcast that unpacks the community's grittiest, most vexing problems, hosted by Shonda Smith-Baker. Latunji Abrams, welcome to Conversation with Shonda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, I was, you know, really thinking about who can I highlight on this conversation that has been doing amazing work in community and that is doing surprising things because I've known you for a long time. And now here you are with Latunji's palette. I am so pleased and proud of the evolution. And I, I just want to spend time talking about your journey and, and allowing the, the listeners to just hear how wonderful you are. Well, thank you so very much again, Shanda, for um, having me today. You said something. You said, bakery, wait, what? Shanda, true story. Now, you knew this part because of work that you had me working on at the community center. When I grow up, I plan to launch a teen parent charter school for both moms and dads. And Shanda, I went over to uh, Calvary Baptist to meet with Pastor Jeff Cowmetal to talk about renting space to at least start the GED component for my teen parents ages, you know, like 17 to 21, right? And Shonda, I brought a peach cobbler along. And we're in the meeting and it's his, at the time, J.D. Edwards, she was the assistant pastor and um, he had his assistant in there and he stopped right in the middle of the meeting, Shonda. And he said, girl, you are going to sell this peach cobbler at our farmer's market this summer. And Shonda, I laughed right? I busted out laughing. And I shared, I said, I went to college and I got in a lot of debt to become a head of school somewhere. (laughs) And I said, I don't think so. But fast forward, Shonda, two months later, I started selling the buttery and the vegan peach cobbler in the Whittier Farmer's Market. And Shonda, people were coming from the North, the South, the East and the West. Every Saturday, I would sell out. I didn't understand and I didn't realize what was happening, but I had enough sense, Shonda, to not stop. I was confused. I was like, God, you promised me this charter school. Like, what are we doing? He was like, that's still going to happen. But I got this is this is where I have you right now. And and I was just like, okay. so to this day, I'm just so grateful that I did not stop. That started summer 2018. And then before I know it because you've always had an eye on me. By the end of 2018 and going right into uh, January of 2019, North Market reaches out. And North Market gave me my very first chance in a grocery store. Where I am still on the shelves at North Market and that cobbler moves. And I'm just so very grateful And with that, I quickly understood, okay, he said the school will come, but then there's that community side of Latunji. So what we're doing, and it's drawing so many people, okay, this is a social enterprise. So we already have a great partnership with Step Up. 
you know, with the kids. So I said, okay, there's my youth component. Then my young adults component, you know, working with those young parents that desire to work, right? And then I said, okay, the young men that, you know, have been previously incarcerated, how do we turn this now into a workforce program? Right. I said, I'm willing to, you know, take the risk, take on the headache. And here we are. We have this social enterprise machine. And as easy as I'm explaining it, you know, it's really not that easy. We got a lot of day to day things that you have to deal with. But here we are, Shonda. May of last year, I was blessed with the opportunity to open Latunji's Palette Bakery and Cafe. And so I said, well, it's over 200 apartments. So let's the front of house. Let's try retail. Let's figure that out. And since then, we've added besides the, the bakery, we have like the soups, the salads and the sandwiches. But most important, while we're working together, we're life skilling and we are partnering with community. Hennepin County has already had uh, evening meetings, men healing meetings. We have completed our second um, children's cooking class, right? And then it is my hope this year to start those GED classes in the evening, Shonda. So there is a lot of fun things happening, very challenging things at the same time. But I'm optimistic that the vision and the plan is just going to continue to unfold and just provide opportunities for individuals and for families to be able to take care of their families, to come to work and feel that they're not being micromanaged, to feel that they have a voice, to feel, you know, that their leadership skills are recognized and not only recognized, but amplified. Man, if if people could see my face, they could see like the pride just like coming off, off the screen. I met you, we were young. And I want to talk about us being young because you didn't start out as an entrepreneur. We were young and I was a very young parent. Now, I was blessed with the opportunity to have very supportive parents. But when I made that decision, then they made sure that I would become a mother. And so that alone, you can imagine um, all of what came with that. I was like, well, I will graduate from high school on time. I will work. I won't depend on any systems. And that journey alone, starting out so early, especially in the workforce, you saw so much that would encourage you to want to start your very own business. You saw and you experienced different things. When we look at it now, like uh, DEI work was not important back then. That diversity, the equity and inclusion, we knew that it existed, but it was not important back then. And back when we were younger, even though, like I said, I, I gave birth to a child at a very young age, We were very blessed because we really had a supportive community that wanted, that not only wanted, but that made sure that we would succeed. Our life skills, right? Life skill and like what they have now. You heard me talk about the step-up program. Well, back when we were younger, it was WIA. But what I did not understand and what workforce, it was the Workforce Investment Act. So it was 
teaching us social skills and, you know, uh, independence, right? And so all of those things, um, just coupled with my life experiences, has really um, helped develop the woman who I am today. And I want to talk about how you went from selling at the farmer's market that the pastor recommended to getting a brick and mortar shop. You know, was it just that you were just selling out, selling out, selling out? And then I know you're over in St. Paul at Justin's restaurant. Yes. But okay. talk, like, so talk to me. So it went, it went from the farmer's market, then it expanded into restaurants. Well, we're, from the farmer's market, first lick was the grocery store, then restaurants. Okay. North Market was the, I mean, literally you, that was my first like, what? I mean, it was through you guys. That's where the encouragement came where quickly, you know, I had to go out and learn. So UPC codes, I partnered with the University of Minnesota. Then I had my food scientist because I had to have, you had a deer set everything up. I had to have the barcode. So then, you know, of course, we're researchers. So then I partnered, I learned about AURI, Agricultural Revitalization Institute here in Minnesota, um, partnering with those food scientists. Started with the gro- farmer's market grocery store. And then, yes, I went into restaurants. Sure did. And then what yes, restaurant were you in or are you in? So from the grocery stores, we went into Pimento Jamaican Kitchen, Pimento Funky Grits, and then Trio Plant-Based, and then Fig and Pharaoh, right? Those experiences. And I'm sharing it with like, yep, I'm in this restaurant now, but it requires a lot of work, commercial kitchen, right? And so to answer your question, well, so then we're in all these restaurants and we're growing, right? And we're still doing more farmer's markets. So from Whittier, then we went to the large Minneapolis farmer's market. And that requires, you know, to be in that licensed commercial kitchen. And Shonda, it will wear on you because typically you're sharing a commercial kitchen with at least two to three other vendors. Enough said. Refrigerator, freezer space, scheduling your time, right? Uh, How did this come up missing? All of those things. And I said, okay, it has to be more. Well, it was proof. It was evident that um, the cobblers were providing you know, a way of living for myself and then for staff. And one day I just parked my car because the I had outgrown the commercial kitchen at the church. And I was uh, moved over to a really nice uh, commercial kitchen in Northeast. And Shonda, I just parked my car one day. And I, because, you know, all this new development where all these condos and town homes, there's always these empty retail spaces on the first floor. I parked my car, Shonda, and I just started walking. I wasn't in the gut of downtown, but I was like in that Northeast area. And I just called a phone number that was on one of the windows and it was Tim Bloom. And he answered on the second ring. I said, I'm Latunji, you know, with Latunji's palette. And I see this retail space and I'd like to, you know, I would like to talk more about it because I'm really interested in opening my own bakery. And he said, can I call you back? And I said, yes. So he took my number. And Shonda, he called back that same day and I began to share. And I didn't use the word social enterprise, but I told him, I said, we're more than a gourmet, you know, dessert company. Uh, we work with young people, men that were, you know, formerly incarcerated. He said, 
can you come to my office? And at the time they were in the IES center. So when I went to that meeting, Shonda, to the Bloom folk, I took my Apple Cobra. Oh. And I have and I have a thumb drive. And at the time they were on the 18th floor in the IDS Center. And they put that thumb drive in and I gave my PowerPoint presentation. Because you know you gotta always have it ready. So you just yep, it still had the portion with the teen parent. You show the mom hold the baby, all of this, right? About at the end of the day, it's empowerment. And their minds, you could tell. They didn't expect it. I think they expected me to just come in and continue to give my spiel. But I gave a PowerPoint presentation. Before you know it, Chanda, he said, I, I understand. Now, the space he was talking about, it was very large. And he was not telling a story because literally the build out just started like November. And he said, you know, it's going to be a while on that space. He said, but that's a lot of square footage. He said, but for what you're talking about, he said, I have a perfect location that I would really like to, you know, show you if you have time. Can you meet us there? And we get over. And he was like, I said, well, first off, where is it? He said, Elliot Park, South Minneapolis. I said, oh, I could do South Minneapolis, of course. And so it was 1400 Park Avenue South. And that time shot, it was just dirt in the frame. He showed me a couple of properties, but he said, I'm telling you, he said, this is going to be over 200 apartments. He said, look at the opportunity, all the different buildings surrounding employment opportunities. So then I said, okay, you know, we're, we, we always want a challenge that's bigger than us. Some folk were, how? What, what do you mean? You mean when? Not how am I going to get in there? But when? And so communities start reaching out to different connections. On that peach cobbler journey, you meet so many people that believe in your product and believe in you. And so I got with a small group of people that put together a crowdfund to get the seed money going. And Shonda, once that got started, you know who I had leading on? One of the leaders on that was Natalie Johnson Lee. You know, yeah. She, yeah, she was in on it, her and Shantara Hardy. Yeah. Started meeting with different folks, met with the Minneapolis found. I mean, I just started meeting with everybody. That's where Luke came in, Luke Weisberg, right? Because uh, the downtown council, all of these folks, all of these folks, Shonda. And they were like, okay, you know, you could do this. And before you know it, I mean, Shonda, I just was like, it's, it had to be because it's happening. Right. It has to be because it's happening. I love that line. Okay. Oh, my goodness, Shonda. And it was just so fascinating, the whole process. And it was very challenging as well. And so then, again, that community that surrounds you, you know, Brian, you know, Jim Fortis and those guys. And Brian, we've been working together since the Capitol days. And so it's just very interesting that the three people, the only three people that I stay that are still so close to my heart when we started at the Capitol, are in, were in on having a hand in helping because I was helping myself secure this. Meredith Beeson, Brian, and Shantara. We were the three, like when you saw them, you saw me at the Capitol because I had to have that little support system. Here we are. And like I told you, it's an interesting journey. And so especially opening a bakery, this is month seven. In the winter time, you know, think about the winter time and like what that brings. And so mm -hmm. more caterings are happening, but um, the foot traffic is steadily building. You know, I talk a lot about North Minneapolis and I talk a lot mm -hmm. about it more as I've um, moved into roles. 
because there is always a narrative about communities that have higher occurrence of violence or maybe academic success isn't um, seen as a priority or however people define it from outside. But when you're inside this community, the level of support and connection and collective accountability functions very differently than how maybe people from outside may understand it. For people that may not understand our community, what would you share with them? For folk on the outside looking within our community, we really do have a strong sense of it takes a village. We have the Gen Xers and those guys that have come in and said, listen, Black lives matter. And they're very outspoken about it, right? That alone, what's even empowered and equipped them to say that is there had to have been an elder, someone that sparked that energy in those two young ladies that started the Black Lives Movement, right? So when a person is on the outside looking in, that's the best way I can describe it, Shana, is trust and believe we're going to be all right. And yeah. probably the first thing they'll say is, well, why do you all not support each other? That's broad. Now, in every, I think in every uh, culture, you may have a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, the other thing is I, the young people say, especially the young kids that come and work with us, we all we got, as they say. Yeah, we all we got. Yeah. We're all we got. And so I that's the one thing that I would like to reiterate to a person, that's, to a group of people on the outside looking in, because at the end of the day, Shonda, ideally and truthfully, you understand and know most cultures on the outside looking looking on the inside saying, wow, I wonder, do they really understand and know how powerful they are as a people? I hear that. And, and what I'm hearing is that, you know, we continue to build and learn from each other, right? We build yes. from the generation before so right in the middle of this, when we were talking about your degrees, I forgot that I've heard you on an album or two. Yes. <laughs> the sister with the uppercut pout. Okay. All right. I forgot about this. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So talk to me about that episode of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And see, oh, I just, you know, we will be on this. We will be on this all day. Right. I'm just Because like, when you that. say talk to you about that again community, you know, growing up, wrapped around community, they're helping to identify gifts. I will never forget. Spike Moss, and that's when Flight Time was still here in Minnesota. Shoot. Spike Moss, they, they got wind of my gift. He personally, personally was like, y'all, we got to figure out how to help her. She's helping herself. You know, pretty much. I'm paraphrasing. But Again, community, you know, my gift was there and I've always been very creative, right? Just very creative and, you know, writing, you know, everybody has to find an outlet. I share my story. I was a young mom, whole lot going on. That's a lot of emotional. Listen, a whole lot. And I'll never forget. I had a couple of great teachers at North High School. You know, they were like, I need to, I want you to write about your feelings. Don't talk about them, but write. Literally write a letter to yourself. And so, you know, being creative, all of a sudden I'm writing to myself 
And then they would rhyme. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I loved Maya Angelou and Nikki Giovanni and all those guys. And so it, at North High School, growing up with Billy and those guys and Billy and all them, they were always rapping and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think I got a little something. I think I got something too. And they would invite me to what we would call, the kids call them today, ciphers. And before I knew it, Shonda, I was like, yep, I really got this. So Aaron would just be over in the little corner while his mom was just rapping. Again, I was a young mom. I went to Willard. So, of course, Aaron went to Willard. And he has a, he had a laminated book. First grade that the kids, you know, how picture stories. That's how they got in your business back in the day. And so it was picture stories. And one of the, uh, the pages, it says, he showed a picture with me and a mic. He said, sometimes my mom raps all day till the sun goes down. <laughs> I like, love that. And I still have, that's right in my bedroom. And it was laminated at Willard Elementary School. And it opened, again, community, it opened tons of doors. Of course, I was, um, there's this argument that first I was supposedly the first female that they played on Camel J, but then I heard I was the second female that they played you on Camel J. Yeah, anyway. Listen, what, right, when Camel J was in the projects and then Cuber, I couldn't, tour and go anywhere without him. But right away, Shonda, I mean, folk in other states picked up on my gifts. So Q Bear was driving me. And at the time, my sister-in-law, Christy, driving me down to Chicago to participate in the Chicago AMs. And then Q Bear was taking me because we were going to sign a record deal with Death Row Records. I thought there was a whole gap in that. Again, Cuber. Cuber put me in the car when Spike made the mention to drive me out the flight time. I got to the door and was like, I'm so scared. True story. Ask Cuber. He will tell you. I was like, take me home. Take me home. I'm so nervous. He was like, are you serious? It's like, I'm serious. But I could go on and on. But again, community. But through those guys, you know, Grace Seville and those guys, I was, you know, I opened for Tupac Shakur, the Goody Mob. Community connections. I Me? love all the names. And this happens in every community across the nation. It's sort of a, there's like this hidden economy. There's like hidden community. There's like a hidden infrastructure, right? That that mm-hmm. exists that I just love so much. I love so much about the story and community that that allows for the for us to evolve. Like who we are now was not who we were mm-hmm. yesterday. That's and this thing of, you know, you saying like, you know, it, like you have to want it. And when you want it, the universe, right, whatever your belief system will show up for you if you allow mm-hmm. it to ask the right questions. If you don't lean upon, I guess, your own understanding, right? If you allow for other people to lean in with their expertise and to feed mm-hmm. into your dreams and possibilities, you can Absolutely. just go much further. These names, I mean, Absolutely. it just brings so much love. You know, just hearing all the names mm-hmm. and the connections and uh, and the belief, right? That we see kids every day in our neighborhood that we believe in and people. And there are possibilities around us every day to nurture dreams, to feed into the possibility and the potential of people. And that's why I love this work so much. That's why I love this community so much. And that's why we both still live in our community. You know, I recently had a conversation about cookie card and different entrepreneurship programs that are happening across our city. And oftentimes people will say, well, what happens to the kids after? Like after they get this training, what happens? 
Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just said that this week to someone, I said, you know, when I think about some of the executive training programs that I've been through, I'll go through a nine month program and then I get done. I may not think about it. You know, I'll think about it immediately following and then I won't Mm -hmm. think about it. And then I'll encounter something. And then I will completely depend on some of the lessons. They will reappear and it will be clear to me why I went through that training, right? I'll pull upon those lessons that it's not a linear ride. Once you input those learnings, that these are things that people can draw on for a lifetime. So when you were talking earlier about you know, how you had gone through those trainings. And then when you became fully into your entrepreneurship part of yourself, you were able Mm -hmm. to pull on those trainings that you had did many years before. You were able to remember those lessons and use them. I think it's just important for us to remember that some of those investments may not pay dividends within the six months or the one year following the completion. But here you are saying that, that you took, classes that are paying dividends now in your life and how many years before did you take those courses oh shonda those um <laughs> wow those I were know. like er, they started out shonda literally like early 90s because i i was because i was working at children's hospital and so those classes were early 90s right, right on plymouth across from the old north gate yeah. Um, yeah. I remember taking some too. Yes. And I mean, and they were powerful classes too, Shonda. Powerful. And then they would link those classes between the Minneapolis Urban League, which was right up the street. That wisdom and knowledge, it, it's really, it has, it stuck. It um, encouraged me to, I don't know, just to continue to press on. And then I started incorporating that, of course, when then I moved on. And later pursued, of course, my bachelor's. I mean, my undergrad, I designed that degree part because of of the community that, you know, helped raise me, helped my parents raise me. My undergrad degree is majors in community development with a minor in performing arts. All of me, Shonda. Remember the rap? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot about this. I forgot about this performance side of you. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, um, it's just, and, and again, all of this shot and I'm a young mom. And then you, so went, my way of, you went and got your master's, right? Yes. Yes. My master's in, is in organizational leadership with emphasis on education. Literally my thesis that I had to write is all about that teen parent charter school. Hmm. That for not just for mothers, but for moms and dads, no one in the U.S., no one in the U.S. to this day are doing that. There's no charter school that you can walk in and it's for young mothers and the young fathers. Now, we know that's going to be a headache and a half, but I want that. You you can imagine. I I can handle it. You know, I was down at Fair High School making it work. Okay, so yeah. yeah. What does it feel like to be a business owner? What does it feel like to be a business owner? You know what? It's like a love hate relationship, and I'm I use that word hate, and I'm gonna say the love part is just being empowered to you get up, you make you're making your own decisions, and you are 
you're walking into your very own establishment. And you know, all of those things are great, but then there's all the behind the scene thing that you have to make sure you're crossing T's and dotting I's. And so it is lovely at the same time, uh, challenging. But as I shared just before we logged on, I wouldn't change any of it for nothing in the world. Mm-hmm. It is stretching me daily and just building my strength and my faith daily, just taking it to higher heights that I didn't even realize existed. And you were building a business. This has grown through a pandemic. It has grown yes. through unrest. It has gone through uncertainty. It is sort of the opposite of what we think is happening in community. How, how do you explain that? You know, I explained it by saying that it's bigger than me that will be here for years to come, providing people with opportunities to take care of themselves and their families and at the same time enjoy uh, the work that they're doing and then identifying their passions. If it's outside of the bakery, we are working to figure out how to help each other get to whatever that destiny that we've been called to. It's This is why it's bigger than me. That's why it draws attention. If you come to Latunji's Palette and you're working at Latunji's Palette, but you're working because you simply need a job, but you have other passions, we're going to figure out how to identify those passions. During a pandemic, to grow a business, you're growing a business during the pandemic. And not only is it the pandemic, but then there's the political attacks as well. And I'm still standing. Latunji, we have a lot of people in community that have an idea or an inkling, a talent that they could potentially turn into a business. And in philanthropy, we often get calls from people that are interested in trying to figure out how to turn that idea into the business, right? How do we take the idea and then help folks sort of roadmap forward? So you're in the church, you end up in the farmer's market, but there's a lot of technical skill Besides the grit, there is business acumen that is required that you're alluding to. And we all know that is is required. But for those that are supporting the new entrepreneur that are in community, right? Because there were a lot of people that nurtured that idea, actually seeded the idea, nurtured, supported, and grew with you. You know, what advice would you have for those that are confronting folks that are saying, look, I need help. I have an idea. That's a great question, Shonda. Shonda, I will never forget this. And I don't know, I mean, because you you just really, really have been a blessing in community. But I will never, ever forget when there was a specific assignment that you had given me. And I was working at the, the community center right up the hill from my house. And you said, well, you saw it. You said, well, if you don't take a, a chance now, when will you? With, you know, getting the, my, the Voices of Effective Change, which is the parent company of Latunji's Palette. But you were like, either you're going to do it or you're not. And I went, wow. That meant getting out there, doing the research, doing the work. I take all of those things like you, you have the Shondas. If you don't do it now, then when will you? And then, you know, years up on Plymouth, Beatrice and Associates we had all of these certification courses when we were younger. And I 
was thinking in my mind, you're taking these certification courses to add to the resume. But those courses were preparing me for the entrepreneurial journey. Seasons are real. A lot of times when we think we're ready, we're not. But every experience that I have had, I needed those experiences because my highest power knew that today would come. So when I have different entrepreneurs or people that are interested in pursuing you know, entrepreneurship, whatever that question is they pose, I'm, I'm working with them to try to help to figure out how to get started, whatever their question is, let's get some answers, being blessed with the opportunity to uh, work at the state capitol, I learned so much. And I shared all of that wisdom and knowledge with persons when they're like, okay, well, how do we go to the secretary of state? What do you mean? What do you mean I need to register my business? Oh, what do you mean I need to set up a tax ID number? Oh, what do you mean? I mean, all of that information is so important because a lot of times we think we can just jump out there and start a business. No, and I do remember that moment now that you said it. I remember saying, like, if if not now, when? You know, often I'm in conversations with folks that work in community, that understand, meaning work in community, that I have challenges and um, see the kids as needing or people there from a deficit lens. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there are people that do not. Right. And so when you don't, you're like, you're, you're capable, just go do it. Just go do it. Right. Because mm-hmm. I know that you had what was in you to achieve it. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a way that we work in community that help people rise to the expectations they have for themselves. Yes. And I think there's a way that you can come in and try to get people to rise to the expectations that you have for them that aren't in their own dreams. Well, let's talk about this little baby that you had. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. Can you believe he's Aaron. 36 years old, Shonda. 36 years old. I'm very proud of him. You know, um, of course, when he graduated high school, he went down to Morehouse and his undergrad uh, degrees in political science. And then he went on to Claude W. Pettit Law School on the campus of um, Ohio Northern in Ada, Ohio. And we have another community baby that was birthed. He, um, Aaron is a family and a criminal law attorney today. And we are proud of so, him. Listen, um, a lot of good stuff happening. So you're just out here breaking all the odds. There's a lot of us that have broken lots of odds. That's it. A lot of us that have broken odds. And no matter, it's funny that you're saying that, Shonda, how, yes, you know, we were determined, we're focused, you know, fighting through all of the the negativity, the different things, the stereotypes, you know, because, you know, if you Google it, I mean, a a young mother from an urban community, nine times out of 10, the son is supposed to be where? Dead or in jail. I was never burdened with that. Yeah, that's a public narrative. That's not always. Yeah. Yeah. It's a public, like you said, it is, but I'm just, you know, I was just saying, but we beat 
those odds right in North Minneapolis. Um, right, I mean, where he was raised, right on the north side. So just so much. I said, how dare my let me to be so blessed and to let this generation now to just bypass them and not be able to pour in or to share that with them, share that love with them that we received. It's very different today. Would you agree, Shonda? I mean, it's very different. Yeah, I do think that it's different and I it feels a bit more disconnected in some ways. You know, we all went basically to the same schools, right? Yes, we did. And, you know, as the school choices opened up, it was a bit different. I went to basically the same schools as my mother. I went to K-12 with most of my friends. Like, you know, even mm-hmm. if I wasn't friends, I knew you from the time I was five until I graduated. Um, you you went to one or two other high schools. You either went to North Henry or Edison for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, mm-hmm. and we all sort of lived in the same neighborhood. Our, our families went to the same churches. Um, yes, our, our grandmas knew each other. Our parents knew each other. Our parents graduated with each other. I mean, there was just a lot of connection and the diversity um, here of, of folks moving in and from different places. I think it's changed that dynamic to some degree, but a lot of that still exists in pockets, I would say. Would you? I agree. Tell us what you have to offer there at the bakery. Yes. So at Latuji's Palette Bakery Cafe, I'm also a coffee shop. So we have anything from drip coffee to ice blended drinks. And uh, Peace Coffee is our partner. So we serve Peace Coffee, soups, salads, sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches, omelets, waffles. You have it. And again, we, we have monthly community uh, brunches. As a matter of fact, this Saturday, there'll be a Caribbean brunch. Oh, nice. But tell me about yes, these. So, I got a sweet tooth. So you got peach cobbler. Yes, you got peach cobbler. cobbler, pecan cobbler. And I serve peach cobbler with butter. And I serve a peach cobbler with a soy-free vegan butter, right? But vegan, I have cheesecakes, um, lemon butt cakes, lemon pound cakes, cookies, uh, macaroons, coconut cake bites. And I, mean, I have a wonderful, I have a refreshing drink called a citrus bliss. Mm-hmm. And I it's a blue pea powder. And people come from all over for this drink. I put rosemaries in the, rosemary in there. It's a blue pea powder, um, hibiscus and pineapple and just a pop, just a pop of agave. It's very refreshing. The drink is blue, but it turns purple once you add the organic lemons and limes and oranges. And so that's kind of like a go-to where people are like, wow. Now on my delivery platforms, I don't put any of those drinks, not even my coffees. I I don't want to put the drinks out there, but bottled, you know, like the bottled waters and Jaritos and all that, you can order those things online. So yes, we also, uh, you can order your lunch online. Gotcha, gotcha. So Latunji, looking um, in the rear view, what would you wish you would have known as you started this journey? That since I started this journey, that with all of your might, dig deep within to figure out your purpose. We are all born with purpose. And once you identify that purpose, pursue it with everything within. Because I promise you, I thought I knew my purpose, 
always looked at my baking because I love to bake as a hobby. But, um, you know, we all have our different beliefs and I believe in my highest power and my highest power let me know. You thought it was going to be the school first, but all along I had this plan that provides a way of escape for you. Yeah. The other thing that I really appreciate about what you shared with us is the number of people that you called upon in organizations to support you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And often um, as we go through life individually Mm -hmm. as leaders, as entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, we, we sort of go silently in need and um, may think it's a sign of, of weakness, perhaps, to, to reach out and ask for help and support. And what I'm hearing from you is like, you, you called people in, people showed up, you relied on it. And I think it's just a great story of, you know, building community around you to actualize that vision that, that, um, that showed up for you, right? Yes that you yes. would not have been able to do it alone, that you actually needed Neon. You actually needed Shantara and Natalie. You needed- Yes, absolutely. And that speaks volumes to the importance of building and sustaining meaningful relationships. So much comes along with that. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, even working a nine to five, it's so important to build meaningful and sustainable relationships, relationships that empower you to do better and to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, there's that saying, you don't want to be the smartest one in your in your circle. If you are, something's wrong. Something is wrong. But you pointed, thank you so much for pointing that out. Village, it went back to what I mentioned early on. Village, you know, what is your brand? Who are you? Who are you surrounding yourself with where they know your gifts are really there and they will go to bat and fight for you? So many people were like, wow, like, like, wow, your support system. And I will say to you, that is one thing that NDC did say that they were like, wow, your support system is amazing. They said that, you know, and so that's so important. That's so important. Dig deep within, find out you know, what your purpose is, identify that purpose. And you have people that are going to help you bridge the gaps. Yeah. You know, you just have to be um, open, you know, willing to accept. You don't want, you're not trying to hear, let everyone speak into your ears, but you'll know, you'll, you'll feel it when you know who that person is that you need in your corner. That's right. So that you can build and then you can be in the corner for others. And that's why I feel so so compelled to be of service to people, Shonda, no matter what, you know? And I mean, when you're, 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 you're open book and your heart is right, attacks come. So that's where I'm at right now in a spirit of transparency is, you know, building that tough skin because Shonda, you know, we're only going up from here and the higher up, we both know. And I refuse to stop because we win. I refuse to stop. Yeah. I typically will ask people about what the best leadership advice they've they've received. Wow. The best leadership advice I've received is to be your authentic self. And one thing I think you know about me, Shonda, I don't care. You can put me in a room with 
70,000 billionaires. Latuji is going to be Latuji, Zildetta, Abram. What you see is what you get, period. Be yourself. Be your true, authentic self. With your, your role, and now that your role has increased, with the new additional duties, it's like it makes it even better for community. And I think you mentioned, you said earlier, like everybody's always coming up to you, oh, Shonda, can you help my kid with this? Or what can I do with this? Or what can I do with that? But I think um, a lot of that it gives credit to like who you are, the community that built you. And so with what's happening right now with you down at the Minneapolis Foundation, do you foresee or have you guys ever even discussed like a satellite office within community? Because Minneapolis Foundation is so much bigger than what most people understand and know about the Minneapolis Foundation. Mm -hmm. We have discussed it, and you may know that um, the Phillips Family Foundation is part of us. We manage um, that foundation. It's under our umbrella. And mm -hmm. so recently we opened the 927 building on West Broadway, 927 West Broadway. That's, so they have yeah. an office there. And so we will be there in that office. We have staff there, uh, Joe Lucky. Oh, wow. So they are there and uh, we will have time there. Other staff at the Minneapolis Foundation, I'm sure will hotel there. And, you know, part of our vision and part of our strategic plan is to become more and more proximate to community, be more and more in relationship. And I hope that community can see that evolution. Mm -hmm. I hope they can feel it. I hope they see our presence and I hope they can see the difference in how we are showing up. That's absolutely amazing. And I totally, I'm glad I posed that question. So then you guys are going to start like kind of marketing or advertising that, putting that out there more in the community that like, yo, Minneapolis Foundation is within community. I believe we will. <laughs> you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to think alongside community, how we do this thing called philanthropy. Right. Yeah. There's what we yeah. dream up in, in the towers called the IDS. And mm -hmm. then there's what we help create with community that we are here to work with. Right. And wow. that mm -hmm. we move forward, there'll be more opportunities for us to co-create with community, how we work in, with, and for community. And you will wow. see more of that coming forward, that it would be easy. It would be easy, but it would be incomplete for me to share what I'm thinking, because if it doesn't mm -hmm. include other voices, it's just me thinking, right? But when you bring other people in, now we're creating, now we're formulating. You know, you mentioned North Market and um, you know my role in that. But, and I share this story yes. all the time because as a resident, as a generational resident of North Minneapolis, it would have been easy for me to say, let's open up this grocery store. And here's what I think this community needs. I know it, I'm from here. But that's not what we did. We spent a significant amount of time listening in community. And as a result of it, it was a much better place. There mm -hmm. are ideas in there that I would have never thought of. There were things where I'm like, oh my God, I've lived here my entire life. I would have never anticipated someone saying that that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the beauty of being in relationship with people, right? That is the beauty of asking good questions, Right. I mean, I think even along your journey, when you when you when you ask questions and you're like, man, 
even for your own business, I'm sure you ask someone a question, you're like, dang, I didn't even think of that. Like that, that's going to make mm-hmm. my business better just because I was open to hearing. I was open to asking and I, and we're trying to do that with philanthropy. We're open to hearing and listening and learning. And I think that that um, goes a long way in terms of how we, we do our work. Wonderful. You've answered my questions. I appreciate you. You know, I just think it's important to tell the stories because representation matters. You know, you were a mom, you had to finish high school. You have an amazing uh, son who you raised um, as you were still growing into adulthood. You've gone on to get advanced degrees. Your son has gone on to get advanced degrees. He's now a lawyer. Right. Mm-hmm. You've gone from working in the social sector to being an artist, well, you're still an artist, a creative, um, to an entrepreneur, to owning the storefront. It is an incredible evolution that happens in every neighborhood across the country um, with the proper investments, the right energy, and the drive when it all comes together. Um, it is a sweet treat. So I appreciate you, Latina. Sweet treat. Um, it's a sweet treat. I, I, I am, I'm so proud of you and you. Um, I will be in there to get me some of that, that tea and some cobbler. All right. All and, right. Or we can deliver to you. We cater, <laughs> but I do want you guys to come. We will come and we, you know, it's important for us to lift up our entrepreneurs and community. We believe in, in buying local. We believe in uh, celebrating our local entrepreneurs. And we know that it is not easy, especially in those first couple of years. So to the mm-hmm. listeners, you know, here's an opportunity for you to support a local entrepreneur. Community, I hope you are inspired by Latunji Abrams' story. An entrepreneur, a person that understands that in order for you to move forward in life successfully, you have to rely on the community that has been around you. You have to manage those relationships. And when you don't know what you don't know, you lean on the relationships and the expertise that are from your community. Take care and make it a great week. And that's Latunji Abram and our host, Shonda Smith-Baker. If you enjoy this show and want to learn more about what we do here at the Minneapolis Foundation, please visit us online at minneapolisfoundation.org.